Hello and welcome to this podcast called Going Deeper, a chance to listen to a reflection from a theologian or spiritual guide that will take us further than we normally go with our own studies. This reflection comes from Ranieri Cantamalesa's book, Come Create a Spirit. And I encourage you, as you listen to it, to try and think of maybe two or three things which God wants to give you to uh, be inspired or to grapple with as you go through the next 24 hours of your life. So be encouraged and have faith. The second reflection from Come Create a Spirit by Reniero Cantamalesa is from chapter one, Spirit Come, and it is reflection two. The Holy Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. We are reflecting, therefore, on the Spirit first as a mystery of power and transcendence. The Spirit represents the numinous that is, the holy other, the transcendent, in its pure state. The sequence for Pentecost, very fittingly, applies this concept to the Spirit when praying to the Spirit. It says, without your divine presence, Newman, there is nothing in man, nothing at all, of innocence. The Old Testament often speaks of the Spirit of God who assails like a hurricane or who bursts in upon certain people, like Samson, conferring a supernatural strength from them. This revelation of power grew by the addition of the appellative holy, Quadosh, which from Isaiah 63 verse 10 and Psalm 51 onward is more and more closely associated with spirit, and eventually comes to form one single composite name with it. The Holy Spirit. But what does the Hebrew word kodosh mean? The word holy has become more circumscribed, but also somewhat emptied of power in modern usage. It has taken on an almost exclusively moral meaning, signifying good, dutiful, pure. It has become a reassuring sort of word, but for Isaiah who heard the seraphs cry out this word three times while the pivots of the threshold shook and the house filled with smoke. It was anything but reassuring, so much so that he himself cried out, Woe is me, I am lost, Isaiah, 60, Isaiah 6 verse 3 to 5. In fact, holy is a term utterly full of the numinous, that is, loaded with the divine. It expresses a sense of complete separateness, of the transcendent, of absolute otherness. And in consequence, it demands adoration, silence, purification of any who dare remain in its presence. Who is able to stand before the Lord, this holy God? To say that God is holy is the same sort of thing as saying that God is a consuming fire. Holy, kadosh, becomes closely associated with 
terrible or awesome. Holy and awesome is his name. Psalm 111 verse 9. The term doesn't refer only to the moral sphere, but to the very being of a person. I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst. Hosea 11 verse 9. Holy is something that belongs to the divine as opposed to the human sphere. All of this is attributed to the Spirit when we call him holy. In the New Testament, this sweeping unstoppableness of the divine breath is brought out by the frequent joining of the names Spirit and Power. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Acts 10 verse 38. After his baptism in the Jordan, Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the power of the Spirit. Luke 4 verse 14. The Spirit equated with the power of the Most High. Luke 1 verse 35, or the power from on high, Luke 24 verse 49. The old, terrible or numinous character of the Spirit too shows up here and there, as when Ananias lied to the Spirit and fell down dead. The coming down of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost is deliberately described using the same signs which accompanied the theothony on Mount Sinai at the giving of the law, Exodus 19 to 20. In an indirect way, this affirms that the mystery of the Spirit is no less, nor is it in nature different from the mystery of God. The same mystery, the same effects, those who witness it are dismayed, amazed, beside themselves with amazement. Before the church came to attribute to the Spirit in an explicit way, the same honour and the same absolute sovereignty attributed to God, Scripture had already done in that way, indirectly, but perhaps for that very reason more effectively. But let us now come to the practical aspect of our reflection. What is it that the Bible wants to impress upon us with this revelation of the Spirit as strength and power? What can we deduce from it for our life of faith? This, I think, above all else, the Holy Spirit is the one and only truth and real power that keeps the church alive. Just as the individual believer, the church itself, cannot live by its own strength. Its strength is not in armies, nor in horses and chariots, or in any other things of that kind, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. What are you, O great mountain, before as a rubber ball? You shall become a plain. Zechariah 4 verse 6. Neither does the strength of the church consist in the arguments that belong to philosophy or in intelligence, diplomacy, canon law or wise organisations. Paul says, our message of the gospel came to you not in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. It is therefore from the Holy Spirit that the church and every preacher of the gospel has the power to convince and to lead to conversion, to get through the very heart of a culture 
and to destroy women all the bulwarks erected against Christ and to lead people to the obedience of faith. It follows then that the Holy Spirit is the source and the secret of the courage and the daring of all believers. Of the apostles at a very different juncture in their mission, we read, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 and 31. The Holy Spirit is the strength of the prophets, the apostles and the martyrs. As Micah exclaimed, I am filled with power and with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might. Micah 3 verse 8. Paul said, God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power. 2 Timothy 1 to 7. 1 verse 7. Writing of the Christians who had to face wild beasts in the arena, Turchillon called the Holy Spirit the coach of the martyrs. In his turn, Cyril of Jerusalem writes, The martyrs bear their witness thanks to the strength of the Holy Spirit. It is not then entirely true that one cannot give oneself courage. On the spiritual level, at least it is possible to take courage because the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Romans 8 verse 26. Therefore, our very weakness itself may be a privileged occasion for us to experience the power of the Spirit. Every single thing in the life of the church or in the life of an individual believer takes its power from the Spirit or is without any power whatsoever. I encourage you just at the end of this short reflection to spend a moment with God asking him what would you like me to learn from this reflection and I encourage you and maybe challenge you to think of two or three points to meditate on and to think about over the next 24 hours may this day be a day of great peace for you in Jesus name amen